eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Trent Frederick and Jeremy Swayman are in the fold going forward with the Boston Bruins. Scott, would you like to unravel how that came to be? Yeah, well, both were scheduled for arbitration hearings. Uh, Swayman actually went to one. They had the hearing on Sunday. Uh, arbitrator made his ruling on Tuesday and gave Swayman a one-year $3.475 million contract, which was basically right in the middle of where the Bruins came in, which was $2 million, which, you know, everyone knows is on the low side, but that's how arbitration works. Swayman and his agent came in at four point eight, which everyone knows is on the high side. But again, that's how you approach these things. Um, the, the Bruins reportedly actually could have accepted it as a two-year deal, which we can unravel a little later because that's kind of interesting. Um, Trent Frederick, they avoided arbitration. Uh, his hearing was scheduled for Tuesday morning. I mean, for Tuesday afternoon. And on Tuesday morning, we got the news that the Bruins and Frederick had reached a two-year deal uh, worth $2.3 million per year. So, yeah, everyone's now signed. Uh, They have their full roster. You know, what we can get into more is it does get interesting because if they went, if you look at, like, their 23-man roster right now, which is, you know, maximum 23 guys, it's actually a little over the cap by about $375,000. so you can, you can go with a 22-man roster or potentially make some other move if you wanted to stick with 23. But, yeah, they at least have uh, all the guys that they needed to get signed are at least signed now, and they have a full roster. Yeah, guys, sorry for if you're watching on YouTube. The sun went in, so now I'm, like, in a dark. It looks like I'm <laughs> in, like, a cave somewhere. But uh, just hoping the sun comes back out in a sec. By the way, it got really cold. Like, I, I don't know. It already feels like fall. I, I, maybe it's because I was in New Hampshire. But all of a sudden, I'm waking up, and I'm, like, heating my slippers, and I'm putting on my robe, and I'm like, what happened to summer? It's August, It was August 1st. Like, what the hell? Um, but sorry, to, to go back to the salary cap situation the Bruins are in after this. Um Scott, I don't know if you want to, if you even know the answer to it. Um, 
because when you said they could have made the Swayman thing a two-year deal, does that mean like for the same amount of money both years or like somehow split it to be cap compliant this year and push some of its next year? No, for the, for the same amount of money. And basically I think the reason that is, is because it's Swayman, the player who took it to arbitration or, you know, officially filed for arbitration. Um, so the team would get the option. It's, it's kind of fascinating because like 3.475 is really fair. And you would have yeah. to think if Swayman has a really good season, it's going to cost more than that next year. But I wonder if, you know, the reason that they kept it at one year is to try to kind of keep a good relationship with Swayman. Because if he, if he thinks 3.475 is a little low, then he's probably not going to be thrilled if he's kind of st- stuck with that for two years. So maybe it's a little bit of a kind of handshake. Hey, we, we had to play hardball this year because of our cap situation. No one really liked it, but we'll take care of you next year. Like we'll, we'll work towards that longer term extension type thing. Um, that's sort of my best guess, but you could also go the other way and say like, well, maybe it's a continuation of them playing hardball because they can now have him as a restricted free agent again next year. And, you know, potentially do like a two year deal, then another bridge deal type thing. And like, so I guess you could kind of take that both ways, but the, the more optimistic side would be that it's to kind of help keep a good relationship with Swayman. Yeah, I can't, I can't tell. I kind of actually lean towards it might be that second part that you said about, you know, continuing to be able to kind of have control over the situation um, for another season. But uh, either way, I think when we originally were talking cap at the very end of the season, we were talking about what would, what the, calculated price would be for Swayman and I if I'm correct in remembering I think it was 30.5 um was pretty much what we came up with so it's just below that obviously Swayman asked for 4.8 which is a lot and I don't know how the Bruins would have been able to make that work with the cap if he had gotten closer to that number say if he got awarded 4.5 million a season um that would have made things a lot tougher on the cap situation. Cause as of right now being $375,000 over the cap, I mean, that's a lot of money to us, but like in terms of cap, that's not, that's not that much. Like that there's ways to fix that. Um, and I don't, we're going to get into that too. What the Bruins can do to try to get under the cap. What now we've actually kind of got a better picture of what this team looks like, because it seems like move, moves are kind of settled Bergeron's retired. The one thing we're still waiting on is the Krejci decision, but we kind of think we already know what it is. So we, I think we have a good um, understanding now of where their cap situation is. It looks like they're going to be able to get under it. Um, and with the team that they have now, besides maybe um, having to waive Ian Mitchell or, um, you know, another one of their bottom players on the roster, so I don't know what you guys thought. I don't, and uh, Trent Frederick's contract, I think was fair as well. Frederick mentioned at the end of the season that he, um, he was ha- like hoping that negotiations would go well and he, he wanted to stay in Boston. So uh, he didn't, he didn't want a, a drama filled arbitration. He didn't go to one. So that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Frederick's 2.8 was a, was a very fair number for both sides. And I think that, yeah, I mean, it's simply put, it was very fair. I think that he 
very well could exceed that that value. Um, but he also could, you know, based on last year's roster being so strong and everybody having career years, if he comes back down to earth, then maybe you look at it and you say, all right, well, it's 2.8. It's not it's not killing us on the books. And uh, but I definitely think for somebody who's, you know, it's, he's an interesting player because you at least in my mind, I kind of feel like he's still like a younger player. And he is. What is he? 23, 24 years old. Um, but he's been on the Bruins for, I mean, I think his rookie year was when he fought Brandon Tanev against Winnipeg uh, in Boston when his when his dad was going crazy in the stands. Was that the 2018-2019 season, or the 2017-2018 season? Even like it's been a it's been a while since he's been a pro. Yeah, I I'm leaning towards that being 18-19, but yeah, yeah. it was 18-19. He played 15 games, but then in the 2020 season. Obviously, a weird season. He only played two games, um, so I don't know. Like that's kind of like a wash a little bit. But um, mm. then he started getting more time each year after that until he played seventy nine games this past season. He's twenty four years old. Is that what he is? Twenty four, twenty five. I accidentally exited out of it. <laughs> that's, that's okay. I mean, he's twenty five. He's twenty five. Twenty five. So you know, my point is two point eight million for a guy who the Bruins hope is ready to come into his own and really hit his stride and, and enter the prime of his career. If he can be the player that he, that he was last year, if not better than and more as you grow with confidence and tenure in the league and crafting your skill at this level, I think that 2.8 for, even though it's for, for, for a couple of years could be good value the next two seasons for him. Yeah. It, just to correct it, it's 2.3 per year. So even, even better for the Bruins. Um, and they they were closer together to start. Frederick and his agent filed at two point nine for the arbitration hearing, and the Bruins were at like one point four, so a little easier to like find a clear middle ground. And it actually ended up, you know, a little closer to Frederick's number. So that, you know, I'm sure he's all things considered relatively happy. Um, and you know, I think last season established himself as a really solid third line winger, and that's good money for for a third line winger like that's you know just a deal that i think everyone should be fairly happy with and now he's going to get a chance we think to see if he can prove himself as a third line center he's going to be competing for that job it likely will be either him or morgan geeky maybe an outside shot for a merkulov or mclaughlin or beecher you know i think more likely those guys are probably aiming at fourth line jobs but um, yeah, you know, he's kind of one of the two guys who has an inside track to that job. And we saw him a little bit at center down the stretch last year and, and in the playoffs, uh, when Bergeron and Krejci were injured. So he'll get more of a run there and that's, you know, a way he can build his value, uh, even more for when this contract's up in two years, if he's able to keep growing, keep producing, take on more minutes because, you know, he had good production last year, but was still playing under 12 minutes a game. So especially if he moves to center, that number is going to go up. You know, you, he could play 14 minutes a game this year, you know, as a third line center. So um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit of a bridge deal. He, what is different about this versus Swayman is Frederick will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this. So, um, you know, two years to kind of prove himself and either, you know, eventually work towards probably a longer term deal with the Bruins or um, build his market, you know, build his value for, for the open market. If he, if he 
ultimately gets there. Yeah, 2.3, you're right, Scott. I, I don't know why I thought 2.8, but as I look at that, it's even, yeah, to your point, it's even better. Um, he's and, and he's one of those guys that, like, if you think back, and it does feel like a long time ago now, but you think back a few seasons ago, he we had the same questions about him cracking the lineup and staying there as we did for someone like Jack Stanika, who's obviously not in Boston anymore. Um, so we had those similar questions about what Trent Frederick could do. Was he actually going to be able to figure out the NHL uh, speed of the game? Because he had had some difficulties um, transitioning, really. Um, and this past season, playing almost a full season, 17 goals, 14 assists, 31 points. Like, he had his, his best year of his career, and he looked – versatile he looked like someone that you know you could rely on for wing and potentially center but also for some skill plays and some brute plays like he has a little bit of everything to his game and and we've watched him be able to make that jump it wasn't super quickly but now that he's there um you do feel more comfortable giving him more more ice time which he's going to need this season especially if they're going to be moving him to center at certain points and he's one of those guys who went from you felt like he could have been like in and out called up and down to now you feel like he's pretty safe and secure in his role and his spot in the roster. So you're, you're looking at other players that were thinking, okay, well, what if this person gets sent down waived, whatnot, but he seems to be, I would say he's pretty safe at this point. He's done enough to over the last year, pretty much secure his role and, and not have to deal with that kind of stress of, am I going to go up? Am I going to go down? He's, he's um, transitioned into that everyday player for the Bruins. So the, the deal I think makes sense in financially for the Bruins side. Um, it, it, you know, and Frederick, he was, according to himself, wasn't going to be a huge part of the negotiations. Um, he was leaving that to his agent. I don't know how much he is hands-on with any of his contract stuff. He's kind of like a, I play the hockey, you guys deal with it kind of person. So um, and he was another thing that he, that stuck out to me for some reason, I really like have a very strong memory of talking to Frederick on, on like uh breakup day. I really feel like I remember the whole conversation for some reason. Um, but he also mentioned that cause I asked him about the potential of playing more minutes at center if guys moved on. And he was one of the only people who was like, who didn't answer the question like, Oh no, we want Bergie to come back. He's like, no, that'd be like, I, I want more time at center. Like, so he's, he's looking forward to being able to get those minutes um, down, down the middle. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has his, uh, his spot secured entering the season, but you still got to keep it there. I mean, I remember this time last year, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I remember this time going into this time last year, he was, he was very, I was very down on the player because he was, and he hadn't really done much with his opportunity. And then last preseason, in a preseason where I felt as though he was fighting for a job, I thought he was very lackluster. And we all we talked about it on the podcast. And we, he was he was one of the he had one of the worst camps I thought of of any Bruin last last uh, last fall. But fortunately for him, once the puck dropped for the regular season, he was he had a career year, and and that definitely has built confidence in me watching him. And it's definitely got him a spot in this roster going forward. That said. I still want to see him continue to develop and, and and be consistent. Like, can he do it again? Right. That's the question. And it was a great last year. Everybody had career years. Can he take that next step on a, with, with a lesser roster? And I, 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 I kind of do want to see more of it is, is, is my point. 
can I yeah, give a like, quick shout out to Charlie Coyle too? Because I feel like Charlie Coyle last year was one of the people that I always notice around Frederick. And Frederick talked about how Coyle like really helped him in his development. And and you think about Coyle, he's another center that was the third line center last year. He's probably going to be important to Frederick's development this year as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.